Good morning, Connection Church. Come on, y'all. Hold up. Wait a minute. Now, color people like noise. Let's give it up for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I'm excited to be here. I'm honored to be here. I give God the glory for being here. And I want to thank, give it up for your lead, Pastor Michael Page. Amen. Um, Michael pursued me. And what I mean by that, with all that's going on in our world, I was humbled that Michael pursued me uh, to develop uh, race relations. And it humbled my heart. For those who are unaware, two years ago, 2018, God placed upon my heart to really push racial reconciliation in the church. And I have been doing a lot of pursuing white pastors. Okay. I have, over the last two years, been pursuing a lot of white pastors that we can have the local church look like our heavenly church. Because I'm going to have to put up with you through all, out of, all eternity. You're going to have to put up with me. So we might as well put up one another right now, right? And it really humbled my heart that Michael reached out to me, and it was really refreshing that a white brother would reach out to this black brother. Amen. And um, I believe this is the beginning uh, to some wonderful things. Um, I think back 2,000 years ago, one of the darkest moments in time was when our Lord took our sins upon himself, right? But that Sunday morning, glory happened, right? And I believe with all the darkness that's going on in our world today, I believe that what God is doing right now, glory is going to come from it. Amen? Uh, but I want to remind you, as we're going to get into the word in just a minute, uh, this is what Psalm 1 says. Psalm 1 says, blessed, happy, fortunate, worthy to be envied. Blessed are they that walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. My brothers and sisters, my challenge to us be careful who has your ear in these days. Make sure you don't let CNN and Fox News have your ear versus the word of God. Amen? Amen. Make sure you don't have the heathen out there that's putting all that junk in your ear and you're following the heathen rather than the heathen following you. Blessed, happy, fortunate is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. But Michael has called me to put the bow on this series um, as he dealt with racial reconciliation. Those who have your word, a copy of God's word, find Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. I want to preach from a very familiar text, but I believe the Lord is going to speak afresh in our hearts this morning. Luke chapter 10. I'll be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. Uh, Luke chapter 10. We're going to start at verse 25. I'm just going to read through verse 29, but we're going to cover through verse 36. So Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 25. After we read our scripture, we're going to make our prayer. And I'm also honored. Oh, my goodness. I'm about to get in the doghouse. My lovely wife of 23 years. <laughs> amen. Amen. Michael, I would have been calling you. <laughs> Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 25. Did I call her name? Terrain. My beautiful wife of 23 years, Terrain. Like dirt. <laughs> Amen. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer or scribe stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, 
What shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? You're a lawyer. You know the law. What is written in the law? What is your reading of the law? Mr. Bible man, verse 27. So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Let us pray. Father, thank you for your amazing grace. Lord, we pause. We say thank you for this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it for this is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. Holy Spirit of living God, your presence is needed. Your power is requested. Move through this place. Do that supernatural work that only you can do as God. Father, where we are, as the psalmist said in Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way within me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Tear down walls, Father, for your glory, most importantly for our good. These and all blessings we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I want to read once again uh, verse 25 through verses uh, about 27 again. And this is the conversation between this lawyer and Jesus. Verse 25 again of Luke 10 says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up. And tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading? Do you have a devotional time? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly, do this and you will live. But he wanting to justify himself said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? And I just would like to close out this series with this message. If I would tag a title to this last and final message in this series it would be like this, just like a good neighbor. <laughs> just like a good neighbor. Now, this is absolutely no plug for State Farm. <laughs> but we do have State Farm as all of our car and home life insurance. Just like a good neighbor, our message is coming from this question that this lawyer submits to Jesus. Who is my neighbor? Now, many of us are familiar with the commercial that State Farm has and State Farm says, just like a good neighbor. Y'all look at TV, right? <laughs> just like a good neighbor, what? State Farm is there. 
Now, I want you to get something. Notice State Farm is comparing them, him, themselves to a good neighbor. State Farm is, is, is living, I don't know who, them, who was their marketing person, but they had to be reading Luke 10. I mean, State Farm says just like a good neighbor, State Farm will be there. State Farm says we're going to compare ourselves to a good neighbor. Now, watch this. Get this now. A good neighbor will be there no matter the time. 3 a.m. is Jake. What do you have on, Jay? <laughs> Some khakis. So State Farm says, listen now, State Farm says no matter the time, 3 a.m., or no matter the trouble, like a good neighbor, whether it's a, a, a fire, whether it's a car accident, whether it's flooding, whatever it is, no matter the time, no matter the trouble, State Farm will be there. If State Farm can make such proclamation, how about us as the body of Christ? Will we be that good neighbor? Our message comes from the lawyer's question, who is my neighbor? But before this question, there was another question that was submitted by this lawyer. And the first question that was submitted by this lawyer comes out of verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, with all that's going on in our world, we got to make sure that we, we stay focused. The most important thing for you and me is eternal life. Can I get a witness? Uh, but, but, but this is what I want you to understand now. Jesus points him to the law. Now let's get our theology right. We know that we're not saved by the law. No sinner is saved by the law, but the law lets a sinner know he needs to be saved. Okay, I'm going to come around this side. No sinner can be saved by the law, for we are saved by grace, Ephesians 2 and 8. For we are saved by grace through faith, not of yourselves, lest any man. Think about this. God will not, Jesus will not hear Lee speaking all through eternity. Talking about, look at all them sermons I preached. He would not have the worship team talking about, oh, you saw how we move people into the, to the uh, presence of God. No, no, no. When we get to glory, it would be for one reason and one reason only because Jesus shed his blood for all sinners. This man asked this question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? We've heard that question before, right, with the rich young ruler. He asked a similar question, right? He came to Jesus and said, good teacher, what must I do? And just like this lawyer, the rich young ruler wasn't really being sincere. He had some underlying motives. You're sitting in Connection Church this morning. Are you really being sincere? Or do you have some underlying motives? This man asked the question, what must I do? To inherit eternal life. 
And Jesus points him to the law, and then he quotes the law. This is what he said in verse 27. So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as your Self. Jesus says this in verse 28. You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he wanting to justify himself said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Let me go to Midland. How many times over the last two months we've said things to justify ourselves with all that's going on in the world. You know, I'm a good Christian. I got several black friends. I got several white friends. How many of us have said things to justify yourself? This man knew Jesus had went to Maryland Jesus has struck a nerve, and he began to say, who is my neighbor? And I don't like to impose on a text, but I bet Jesus said, I'm glad you asked, because <laughs> I'm going to get to the root of your heart. How many know Jesus specializes in getting to the root of your heart? That rich young ruler, let's talk about him again. Good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Glad you asked. You know the law. Honor thy father, thy mother. And you know, I bet he felt good. He wanted to put a little blue ribbon on his chest. I've kept all those things. He said, I got you just where I want you. <laughs> but do me a favor. All them nice Lexuses and Porsches you have, all them nice fitted suits you have, all them nice shoes you have, I tell you what, sell them. Take the proceeds and give them to the poor. The Bible says he walked away sorrowful. He thought that he really wanted eternal life, but he wasn't willing to part with what he had. See, God has no problem with us having things, but too often things have us. Jesus tells this lawyer, look at what the law says, and he responds, I understand what the law says. I'm a scribe. I have a morning devotion every day, Jesus. But my question to you, Jesus, who is my neighbor? With privilege comes responsibility. You remember early in the text, the disciples went out and they began to cast out demons. And they came back, came back excited. Who know, Lord, the, the demons are subject unto us with your name. And Jesus said, wait a minute now. Don't rejoice about that. Rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. With privilege, salvation comes responsibility. We should be showing service to one another. With great privilege comes great responsibility. Now, as we focus in on our text, remember what we're talking about, just like a good neighbor. 
So now Jesus is going to tell him a story. Many people call this a parable, but as I research, some people believe that this is an actual story that, that these Jewish listeners, we got to get the background, this is a Jewish audience that Jesus is speaking to. And Jesus is now going to tell a story to make sure they understand who is their neighbor. Are y'all still with me? Can I just say this with me? I know y'all like to write amen, but say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Okay, good. Y'all let me know y'all listen. <laughs> now, Jesus is telling this story about this man. Number one, get this down. Number one, the circumstance of the story. If you're taking notes, number one, we're going to look at the circumstance of the story. So here in verse 29 of Luke 10, just like a good neighbor, a believer should always be there. I say just like a good neighbor, everyone that names the name of Jesus, who's been washed in the blood of Jesus, who's been born of the Spirit of God, just like a good neighbor, we should always be there for another brother or sister in spite of their skin color. Can I get a witness? If State Farm can always be there, no matter the time or the trouble, a believer should always be there for another believer, no matter what ethnicity he or she is. Number one, we're going to see the circumstance of the story. Let's get this now. Verse 29 Jesus, now I'm going to tell this man a story. Since you want to ask the question, who is your neighbor? Jesus said, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to let you see for yourself who your neighbor is. He says, and he said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he wanting to justify himself said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Verse 30. Then Jesus answered and said, number one, the circumstance of the story, a certain man. Remember, he's speaking to a Jewish audience. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, many know if you read this background, this was a path that a lot of robbers, a lot of carjackers were often frequent. Everyone knows there's a certain part of town you should not go in a certain time of the day. <laughs> okay. Verse 30 said, then Jesus answered and said, I'm going to tell you the story. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he fell among thieves who stripped them of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. So number one, I want to get this, the circumstance of the story. Jesus began to tell the story of how this man was traveling and he got jacked. Okay. He got robbed. <laughs> he had his possessions taken from him. Jack Rob, what is that? He had his possessions taken from him. Number one, this man was humiliated. He was humiliated. What? They had beat him to the point he was naked. I'm talking about just like a good neighbor. He was humiliated, but not only was he humiliated, he was hurting. Let's look at the text again, verse 30. Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves who stripped them of his clothing. He was humiliated. He's out there naked, wounded him. He was hurting and departed, leaving him half dead. 
He was humiliated. He was hurting. Come here, let's talk. And this neighbor, this man needed help. How are we viewing people who have been humiliated? How are we as the body of Christ viewing people who've been hurted? Are we willing to show some help? One of the things Michael and I have been talking about lately is our Christian love should always supersede our Christian liberty. That's in the Bible, Romans 14. Paul said, if eating meat offend your brother, <laughs> then don't do it. Remember that our Christian love should supersede our Christian I'm free to do a lot of things, but if it's going to hurt my brother or sister, then I should abstain from doing it. Number one, he says, this is the circumstance of the story. This certain man who was traveling got robbed, got jacked. He got the beat down. He was humiliated. He was, half, he was naked. He was hurting. He was wounded and left for dead. That's the circumstance of the story. But now let's look at this as we go a little deeper. Let's look at the conduct of those in the story. I'm talking about just like a good neighbor. That's the circumstance of the story. But now let's look at the conduct of those in the story. We have three individuals that's in the story other than the man who has received the beatdown. We have a priest. We have a Levite and we have a Samaritan. Stay with me now. The Levite and the priest are the religious. The Samaritan is the one that's considered unclean. But now he asks the question, who is my neighbor? And Jesus is going to tell the story to see that he understands who his neighbor is. We see the circumstance of the story, but now let's go a little deeper. Let's look at the conduct of those that's in the story. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side, just like a good neighbor. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came there, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So we see the circumstance, but now let's look at the conduct. Two individuals was heartless while one was helpful. Stay with me. Two was heartless, the religious leaders. Who, who, who knew the word of God. But now the Samaritan, this outcast, this worldly person was helpful. I'm speaking to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ right now. Are we like the priest and the Levite? We know the word of God, but it's not in our orthodoxy. It's in our orthopraxy as well. See, we're good at what we believe. Oh, yes, this is the word of God. It's, it's incorruptible. We know, but okay. Put some legs to this. 
Can I get a witness? I got an old saying. This tweetable now. Let the tongue in your mouth line up with the tongue in your shoe. Let me say that again. The tongue in our mouth should be lining up with the tongue in our shoe. If you're talking it, you should be walking it. Now, here is this Levite and this priest who was heartless. They don't even take the time to call 911. Okay, the priest sees the man and he goes by on the other side. The Levite goes and looks at him and then he goes by on the other side. Heartless. What are we looking at as believers in Jesus Christ? But yet we're going on the other side. But yet we're trying to justify ourselves. Oh, I'm going to Melanie in here. <laughs> no one called 911. These, this priest or this Levite didn't even take time to render CPR. This man has been humiliated. This man is hurting. He needs help. And the religious of that day does not give a lending hand. They are heartless. They knew the law, Leviticus 19 and 18. They knew the law. This is why Jesus said, have you read the, have you read the law? Oh, yeah, and he quoted it. He understood that you should be a good neighbor. It is what we know in 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3 verse 16 says this, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren the brethren but whoever has this world's good and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him how does the love of God abide in him how can I stand in Connection Church? How can we stand in Beulah and lift our hands every Sunday talking about how great is our God, but yet we won't help those who are in need? Let me tell you a Greek word that Jesus said that's hypocrite. He, 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 you know what a hypocrite is, a play actor. A hypocrite is someone who pretends to be who they never intend to be. You know, Broadway. All, when all the lights and cameras are on, they acting, but in our little huddles around our tables, oh, in our little cubicles at the job. But when we come in with all the lights in the church, we acting holier than thou, but in the deep, in our bedrooms, and at our kitchen tables, and our, we have a conversation that we'll be ashamed of if it was brought to the public. Yeah, we see the circumstance, but now we see the conduct. This Levite, this priest, both had the opportunity to help this man, and they were heartless. Oh, I want y'all to get this next statement. Religious practices, I'm going to say this real slow so you can remember. Religious practices like Luke chapter 18. Let me tell you what Luke chapter 18 says. Luke chapter 18 talks about the uh, tax uh, Pharisee and the uh, publican. Luke chapter 18 verse 9. Also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men. How many have spoken that? <laughs> I'm not like other men extortioners 
unjust adulterers, or even as this tax collector, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. My point, this Levi and this priest, watch this, what good is it to have religious practices but not have relationship with people? These were religious guys, the Levite and the priest, they were religious, and we're very religious. We have our little bumper stickers. We have our favorite scripture quoted in our house. We're very religious, religious practices, watch this, without relationship, the people, no matter their ethnicity, is really pathetic. Okay. Religious practices, going through all the rigmarole. That's a good southern talk right there. <laughs> Going through all the rigmarole, coming to church and, and, and standing up for certain things, having all the religious practices, but, do, but not having relationship with people is really pathetic. Jesus came to have relationship with people. And it was those who were snooty. The Pharisees, you know, every time Jesus went to hang out with the sinners, oh, he couldn't be the Messiah. He hanging out with, you know, we got a special club. If he knew their economic status, he knew the things that they did. He wouldn't be hanging with them. They walked with their nose so high in the air, if it rained, they would have drowned. (laughs) Question, is that you? When it comes to another ethnicity, do you strut around like a peacock? Saying, oh, I'm so much better than them. But let me give you a little inside tip. At the foot of the cross, we all the same. Romans 3 and 23 say, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We see the circumstance in the story. This man was robbed. This man was beat down. He was left for dead. We see the conduct of those in the story. This Levite and this priest were heartless. They would not help this man at all. Why? Why? Maybe this is some of us in here. Maybe you try to be blind to the hurt of others. You looked over there, but then you try to act blind to it. In Beulah, I asked a question, can I push it? They say, push it. (laughs) Can I push it? (laughs) Maybe you don't act blind. Maybe you act too busy. You know, I got to get to the church. I got to get to the church. Jesus said, wait a minute, you passed that man, that woman that's hurting to get to the church? Your orthodoxy need to line up with your orthopraxy. Can I get a witness? Maybe we act too blind. We see it, but we don't want to see it. Maybe we act too busy. I just, I got to be about my father's business. I got to make sure these chairs get set up while a human being is suffering. Maybe we just don't want to be bothered. I got my own trouble. I ain't starting that man down there. Can I get a witness, y'all? I'm talking about just like a good neighbor. Watch this, watch this now. This is the key here. Because for many of us, as long as things are convenient, if lo- as long as things are comfortable, as long as things don't bring no conflict, I'm good. Can I say that again? Because many of us, like this Levite and this priest, remember the conduct of those in the story. Many of us, we live our lives, I just, need, I just want what's comfortable. I, I just want what's convenient. 
And long as it don't bring no conflict, I'm all for it. But now, if it's going to cause me to be uncomfortable, inconvenient, and cause me, I'm, I'm too busy. I don't want to be bothered. Oh, I'm lying. This was what the Levite and the priest demonstrated. I did a teaching the other day. We talk about the gospel. Peter, in order to further the gospel with the Gentiles, Peter had to immerse himself in Gentile culture. God said, Peter, do me a favor. Get up and go to Cornelius' house. Come here, y'all. Let's talk. If we're really serious about racial reconciliation, you'll be willing to immerse yourself in someone of another ethnicity's culture. You'll be willing to listen to them and learn from them and show love to them if you're really serious. Now, if you're playing games, remember to justify yourself. I ain't going to eat at Lee's table now. Now, he could come preach to me, but I ain't going to his table. See, that's what blacks have to be willing to immerse themselves in white culture. If this thing is really going to be what God intended from the be, for it to be from the very beginning, all ethnicities and harmony, then we got to be willing to immerse ourselves in the culture of one another. You, you, you have some preconceived ideas about me. But when you sit down with me, you'll realize, wow, I was so wrong. I may have some preconceived ideas about you. And when I sit down with you to listen to you, not to debate with you so much. Anybody could debate, but to really listen so I can learn. We see the circumstance of the story. We see the conduct in the story. The Levite and the priest was heartless, but now the Samaritan was helpful. Let's read our text here. How many enjoying this? The Samaritan is going to show himself to be helpful. Let's look at it now. Now, by chance, a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, And when he saw him, he had compassion. Let me go to Melon right now. Remember, this lawyer lawyer has asked the question, who is my neighbor? This is a Jewish audience, and Jesus, Jesus has some, Jesus could be funny. (laughs) Jesus is going to make the Samaritan the hero to a Jewish audience. Come here, let's talk. This would be like a KKK rally and Jesus make a black man the hero. Okay, y'all. <laughs> this would be like Jesus talking to Al-Qaeda and he make an American the hero. See, Jesus knew how to pull salt in the wound. See, people talk about, yeah, Jesus will hurt you in order to help you. Can I get a witness? Yes, he will. Jesus will hurt you. He will hurt me in order to help me. He's trying to hurt them to help them. Look at the Samaritan. He's not heartless. He's helpful. (laughs) Wow. This should not be going on. Did y'all just read this? Listen at this again. Verse 32. 32. No, excuse me. Verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Can I push it one more time? There would be like Jesus talking to the Republicans and make the Democrat the hero. 
This would be like Jesus talking to the Democrats and make a Republican the hero. So he went. This is what the Samaritan did. I'm talking about he was helpful to him and banished his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves. We see the circumstance in the story. We see the conduct of those in the story. The Levite, the priest, were heartless while the Samaritan was helpful. This should not be happening. Those two didn't. How fitting it is that those who are in the world who don't know Jesus is speaking out more than those who are in the church. Okay. Listen, this Samaritan, watch this now, I'm just about through. The Samaritan wasn't supposed to be friendly. Am I right? You remember when Jesus stopped by that well in Samaria? Now, Jews and Samaritan, this Samaritan wasn't supposed to be friendly with this Jew. You remember what the woman at the well said? You remember what she said? Jews and Samaritans have what? No dealings. This Samaritan in the story shouldn't be friendly with this Jew. He should be furious at this Jew. And in this day, that's what the devil is trying to do. He's trying to say blacks don't be friendly with whites. Mm. Whites don't be friendly with blacks. Blacks be furious at whites. Whites be furious at blacks. Can I remind y'all what Ephesians 6 says? We wrestle not against flesh and blood. This Samaritan is not heartless. He's helpful. He should not, according to the culture, he should not be doing what he's doing. Just like a good neighbor. What did this man, what did this Samaritan show? Can I, can, I, can I just tell you what he showed? Number one, he showed tenderness. He showed compassion, right? The word compassion here is the same word. Well, the idea in Acts 16, 33, remember when Paul and Silas were beaten and thrown into prison and they, they began to praise, pray and praise and God sent an earthquake, the first jailhouse rock. <laughs> and he sent an earthquake through that place and, and, and he shook that place, right? And Paul and Silas, everybody's shackle was loose. And you know the day that if you lost your prisoners as a soldier, you had a death uh, hit on your head, and that man was about to kill himself. And Paul said, wait a minute. Do thyself no harm. And the first question that man asked, well, what must I do to be saved? Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. After he was converted. Watch this now. I'm talking about the church. After he was converted, he showed compassion. What did he do? He took Paul and Silas in his house and he began to deal with their wounds. We could say we're compassionate all we want, but if we are not willing to take people aside and deal with their wounds, we are not compassionate at all. 
a true neighbor will willing, be willing to show tenderness. But not only will a true neighbor be willing to show tenderness, a true neighbor will, will be willing to spend their treasure. This man puts this man up at the mansion. <laughs> he puts him up in a nice hotel. He, he, he said, listen, and I'm going away, and if he owe anything, anything else, I'll pay for it later. That's what a real neighbor would do. A real neighbor shows tenderness. A real neighbor will show or spend treasure. And a real neighbor, watch this, will always make time. Thank you, Michael. Paige for taking time. Thank you, Michael, for showing tenderness. Thank you, Michael, for spending your treasure. Buying me two times a good Americano. That's a good neighbor. Did y'all hear that? Your lead pastor here at Connection reached out to this black man to be a good neighbor. Willing to show tenderness, Lee. Let me just hear. Let me hear your heart, brother. Lee, can I spend some time with you? Lee, I don't mind spending some treasure on you. Lee, I don't mind immersing myself in black culture to be able to know what black people are going through. Two years ago, I didn't mind immersing myself in white culture. The members of Beulah into white culture. So we can better understand our white brothers and sisters that we can have the, the earthly church look like the heavenly church. We see the circumstance of the story. We see the conduct of those in the story. Now we conclude, we see the conclusion of the story. What's the conclusion? Let's read it right here. Verse 35, on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? We see the circumstance of the story. We see the conduct of those in the story. Now we see Jesus' conclusion to the story. Verse 37, and he said, who showed mercy on him? Jesus is now pointing him back to his original question. Who is my neighbor? Verse 37. Verse 37, then he said, who showed mercy on him? Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. He who showed mercy on him, then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Jesus gives the lawyer the opportunity to answer his own question. I want to let Connection Church know, and all those who will be watching, our neighbor is not the one necessarily that's nice to us. I'm talking about the church now. I mean, anybody, but especially the church. Our neighbor is not necessarily the one that's nice to us. Our neighbor is not necessarily the one that's nearest to us. But our neighbor is whoever that needs us. Okay. 
Our neighbor is not necessarily the person that's so nice to us. We wasn't so nice to God. (laughs) Yet while we were sinners, Christ came and died. We were enemies to God. Don't forget that. Well, they ain't nice to me. You wasn't nice to God. I wasn't nice to God. But God showed himself to be the best neighbor. God does not, Jesus does not tell us to do anything he wasn't willing to do. It's not the one that's so nice to us. It's not the one that's necessarily near to us. Our neighbor is those who need us. Last thing, and I'm through. So the question is not this. Who is my neighbor? The question to all of us is this. Will you be a good neighbor? Will I be a good neighbor? If State Farm can make this statement just like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, members of the body of Christ should say that every day just like a good neighbor As a believer, I promise my brother or sister, no matter what ethnicity you are, I will be there. I will put my Christian love over my Christian liberty. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word today. That has spoken afresh in our hearts, Lord. Father, I can preach it, but only you can apply it. Lord Jesus Christ, manifest your glory in this place. Throw your weight around. That's what it means to manifest your glory. Throw your weight around, Father. Have your way in this place. That we are lay aside our ingrained cultural biases to be who we been called to be as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We will put the kingdom of God above political parties. We will allow the kingdom of God to reign and rule. We will do what you say, Lord Jesus. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Lord, thank you. Lord, I pray right now for Michael. Thank you for his burden. I believe so go to pastor, so go to people. As an under-shepherd, Lord God, as we seek to lead Beulah and lead Connection, Lord, I pray that the men and women that, that are following us, Lord God, will see our heart's desire to see the church unite beyond racial boundaries and become one. As the text Michael read, John 17, Lord, you want us to be one like Maybe you've lived your life trying to justify some things in your life. And you know that the Holy Spirit really convicted you. Or maybe you've been a passerby. 
You saw those who've been wounded. You saw those who've been hurt. But yet you tried to be blind. You tried to act busy. You just didn't want to be bothered. But the Holy Spirit has arrested you this day and said, no more. Put my kingdom above all these earthly things. If that is you, please come now. Come now. Come forward. In action. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Worthy is the Lamb. Wounded was the Lamb. We worship the Lamb. Thank you, Lord. Father, you're wonderful. And you're so amazing. Thank you for your power and your presence. Lord, we just yield to whatever you want to do through Beulah and Connection Church. Lord, we yield to it. Pulling us out of our comfort zones, getting us away from what's convenient, that we can unite as the body of Christ. Lord, deal with each individual heart in connection and do the Lord. You be glorified in Jesus' name. time to, if you need to pray, that's great. Um, if you want to make a decision to follow the Lord today, we would love to pray with you and talk with you about that. Um, this altar is going to be open, but before I, before we do that, I, I just, I just feel really strongly um, led to just ask some things of you, because um, it's really easy, and, and I've, I've done this before, I think Pastor you know, Anthony t- talked about it a second ago, is that it's easy to come in this place and to sit in a nice chair and to kind of hear a message to be challenged and what's happened in America and our culture is we become comfortable with our conviction, right? We hear a sermon and we get convicted by something and we think that something is different. Well, we're called to respond whenever we're convicted, right? Whenever I put my hand on a hot stove, I'm like, I gotta move, I gotta change something. And so this morning, I just wanna call um, Pastor Lee back here in a second. He and I have talked a few times and um, I I just wanna let you guys know what's been going on in our heart. Connection Church, Savannah, and Beulah Baptist are going to partner together and somehow. I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, I'm praying that you guys will pray with us for that and how we can pr- better partner. And I'm not sure how it looks, but I'm praying that God would do something supernatural in this relationship. Um, because what's going to happen if a united church is here in Savannah is people around this city, around this county, around this state are going to see a church that really practices what they preach. Their tongue and their shoes, the tongue of their shoe, all that stuff. It, it lines up. I, can't, I got, yeah, I got it. I got it. In my notes, but I, I, I gotta say it right now. So, um, I, but I just wanna, uh, I, I honestly wanna get you guys to to move. So if you guys could stand up for a second, um, and what I told you a few minutes ago, or the last, excuse me, a couple two weeks ago, was that God provided reconciliation on the cross. Reconciliation is ours. We have reconciliation because of Jesus. It's not something that has to be achieved. It has to be something that we walk in. And so this morning, I, I know I know there's social distancing thing, whatever. But if if and I, I, do whatever you feel comfortable doing. But if you if you're on board with this, I want to ask you just to come forward, stand however you want to do. And I was, we just want to reach out and pray um, for Pastor Anthony and his wife. Could you, would you mind coming up here at all? I know this is awkward. I'm sorry. This is like not planned. 
Stacy, show her how to get here. If you're, if you're committed to fighting for reconciliation in our city, in your life, I just want to ask you to come forward. And this is going to be a sign. Don't, don't feel like you have to do this. This is not something that, that if, you, if, you don't, if you don't come, somebody will look at you and say, well, that person's not really saved, you know? That's not what's happening. Um, this is a step in the direction that God is leading us as a church. From the very beginning, I, I shared with him last week that I knew that God was calling us into some uncomfortable waters. And I had no idea how to navigate that. And I had no idea how to have the conversation that he and I had at the front porch. I was like, I had no idea how to have this conversation. What's, what are you going through, man? And I just listened. And that's where we have to be as a body. And so this morning, it may be awkward for you. You may come from a, a Methodist or a Baptist church. You don't do too much. You know, it gets kind of awkward. But I just want you to just kind of in a sign of solidarity, just reach out your hand and just kind of point it towards these guys. We just want to pray um, with, with Pastor Lee and his, and his family. And um, we want to pray for Beulah. If anybody's watching for Beulah, we're praying for you. We love you. So this morning, God, we just love you. We thank you for who you are and what you've done. God, I thank you for this man and his wife. I thank you for what you're doing in them, the voice that you've given him. God, I pray for, for wisdom and power to be on this family, God. Lord, the, the, just the influence that you've created in this man's life in Savannah. Father, I pray that you would multiply it. I pray that you would give him a voice that speaks um, just boldly for the kingdom, God, for the message of reconciliation that's found in the cross and in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you for the gospel, God, because the gospel, we're able to have these types of conversations. We're able to have these types of relationships, God, where there's freedom, God, because you've set us free. You set us free from our sin of racism. You set us free from our sin sin of division, God, and you brought us near through the power of the cross and through the power of the blood of Jesus. So this morning, I pray over Beulah Baptist Church this morning in Savannah. I pray that you would just, just rock that area for the gospel in that city, God. I pray in the community that they're planted in, God, I pray that you would just open up the doors of heaven and provide um, people to come to the feet of Jesus and say, Father, I, I need you. I love you, Father. I'm coming to you as I need you as my Savior, Lord. God, I pray that you would see disciples made in that church. I pray that you would see, oh Lord, your kingdom come alive in that church. God, I pray that the, the, that the crime rate in Savannah goes down because of the kingdom mentality that is built in this relationship, Father. I pray, Lord, for a kingdom culture to be to be built and, and to start growing in Savannah because of this relationship. God, I pray that you would just do something that we read about in the Bible and we marvel at, God, that you would do it in our day, God, because we see the Holy Spirit have free reign in this room, God, across this city in Beulah, God, in this relationship between Pastor Lee and Connection Church and Beulah Baptist. God, we love you. We thank you, God. God, we commit to these guys. We pray, God, that we would just learn how to, how to do this. God, show us the next step. Show us how to do this, Father. I pray that we would take away the, the, just the expectations of the, ter- of the church culture. God, that we would, we would hold our churches loosely, God, and give them to you. And you show them how to, show us how to, to, to function and to organize them, God, because we're done playing church. God, we want to be your people in the way that you called us to be. God, we thank you. We praise you, God. I pray for the people that are standing at this altar. God, I pray that you would just just burden their heart for the commitment that they just made by walking up here. God, that it wouldn't just be something where they're 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 just walking because because I've asked them to, but it would be something that they walk in obedience, God, for the message that they heard this morning, that they would walk in freedom and victory and walk in obedience to what you've called them to do in your word. God, I pray that we would be that good neighbor. I pray that we would we would we would be committed to to walking alongside of our brothers and sisters even whenever the craziness of our culture dies down. I pray this would be normal. Lord, create in us a heart that loves you and longs after you, Jesus. God, we praise you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray.
Love you guys. Can I do one more song? Good. That's it. You guys are dismissed.